This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling Monday morning, 11.30 a.m., Escape. Take a deep breath. Escape to heaven. You're listening to Servant Marcia from Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ. And we're live, 94.1 Wave 94. I just want to get right into it because this is almost, this could be a testimony if I didn't know any better. But secret sins, have you had that? Are you living, but still have secret sins? You know, that's a that's not a good thing because secret sins are very powerful. They literally can reverse the blessings that God has placed in your life and upon your family and your children and everything. Um The core of secret sins generally is idolatry. And idolatry is the worship of a physical God or a physical object as if it's a God or religious worship of um, images, um, excessive reverence or devotion to something. In biblical terms, idolatry is worship of anything other than God. And that something can even be a good thing, but not a God thing, uh, such as going to the gym like every day. That's idolatry, uh, but but you never pray, okay? Or pornography, you know, you got to get to it at least three or four times a week. Uh, sports, even the nightclubs, you know, I got to go there. I just got to go. Um, or social events and activities that you you stop your whole life just to handle that. Super Bowl Sunday, Got to do it and and have been doing it for 50 years, you know, fraternities, uh, politics. You know what? Even church, because you can go to church, but not include Holy Spirit. So now it's really a social event. So here's the verse. Therefore, put to death in your members, which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in those items, those types of feelings and emotions. And that's in Colossians, third chapter. Exodus, 20th chapter says, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness or anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. That means you are not to worship anything that the creator has created. Very simple. Or anything you should not bow down 
to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity. So in God's eyes, idolatry is iniquity and that he will visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. So that's very strong words. God is saying idolatry is is manifestation of the fact that in your heart, you hate the creator, my God. So the wrath of God due to idolatry slash iniquity comes on the idolater in his generations, third and fourth. That's the great grandchild and the great, great grandchild. Oh, my God. Because God is jealous. So what happens when a blessed person or a believer, such as yourself and myself, loves the Lord, serves him, but still keep the gods of his or her family, you know, still worship them. I I, I was a pastor for a while and I had uh, congregants that were always at church, always on time, always performing, and they married each other. And the pastor, the minister came to me and said, I have to divorce. I'm like, what do you mean? You just got married. He said, yes. But I found out that my wife in the closet, they have gods that they worship. So no, guys, we cannot do that. Um, A lot of us come from Caribbean backgrounds or African backgrounds and image Worshipping is evident in those societies or Indian society or Hinduism or Vietnamese or whatever. So in all those nations that the Lord separated out during that time of the Tower of Babel, those nations, Gentiles, worshipped other gods. And so it is not remarkable that generation through generation, these gods have been carried on and are being worshipped. But once you meet the true God, the true and living God, you have to divorce yourself completely from all of those little G gods. Even when we're in college and we pledge and, you know, we become this fraternity, that sorority, uh, or Freemason kind of oaths and so forth. Uh, I can't remember all these other names, but there are organizations that we are doing very good community activities. But did you make an oath to a God without realizing it? And so knowing the environment and the age that we're living in, we're getting close to the end of the church age. This is a very good juncture to evaluate oaths and vows that we have made in our youth without realizing that they were to other gods or behavior patterns, worships that our parents and our parents' parents have kept that we also kept. You know, we can be worshiping a sangria. Uh, those, that's witchcraft. Or, or I, I come from Bahamas. They have white witchcraft. I can't even remember the names of all these things. But these are different, quote unquote, like voodoo, quote unquote, religions. 
We call them religions, but those are idolatry because why? You're worshiping these various gods, little gods, as if they are the creator God. So you can be blessed, right? You can have all the blessings. You've received Jesus who has become a curse now. And so literally you have the opportunity to walk into all spiritual blessings. But can you possibly be like Israel, a blessed nation, but cursed or rejected by the creator because of idolatry? Can the doors of heaven open up and pour out a blessing on practitioners of idolatry? And 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 is that iniquity? Because if we remember the Lord, Jesus said in Luke, the 13th chapter, when once the master of the house has risen up, shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, you know, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know you. Where are you from? And you will be saying, well, we ate and drank in your presence. We, we taught. You taught in our streets. But he will tell you, he will say, I tell you. I do not know you. Where are you from? Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. So I want us to gain better understanding. He's not speaking to sinners. He's speaking to believers who have not divorced themselves completely from the other gods that they were worshiping before they started the process of conversion. And during their process, and now they think they're sanctified, saved, and filled with the Holy Spirit. However, they never released those fallen gods that were in their family line or that they begin to practice themselves. And as far as the Lord is concerned, you would be deemed a worker of iniquity. And he said, depart from me. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see. Now listen to this. So that means we'll get to stand before the Lord and we'll see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. But you yourself will be thrust out into, from what I remember, uh, everlasting darkness, outer darkness. That is horrible. And that's everlasting uh, existence. So I'm. let's go look at the history of Israel and Judah, which means all 12 tribes. Um, in Second Kings, the 17th chapter, starting at the seventh verse. And this is what secret sins is all about. So uh, for so it was that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord, their God, who had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And they had feared other gods had walked in the statutes of the nations whom the Lord had cast out from before the children of Israel and of the kings of Israel, which they had made. Also, this is verse number nine. The children of Israel secretly did against the Lord their God things that were not right. And they built for themselves high places in all their cities from watchtower to fortify city. They set up for themselves sacred pillars and wooden images on every 
high hill under every green tree. There they burnt incense on all the high places like the nations whom the Lord had carried away before them. And they did wicked things to provoke the Lord to anger for they served idols of which the Lord had said to them, you shall not do this thing. Now I visit Israel and yes, they're correct. In Israel, you can see some of the temples and the sacred places that they built. They're still there. I remember visiting uh, PAN. I guess that's where they worship the little god Pan. And yet it's still there. The groves and the high hills is still there. So that makes you think if it's still there. Somebody's still worshiping in Israel. <laughs> I idol gods. And the Lord will testify, and he did testify against Israel. Verse 13, yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all of his prophets. That's how he did it. And um, every seer saying, turn from your evil ways. Keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law, which I commanded your fathers and which I sent to you by my servants, the prophets. Nevertheless, they would not hear. They stiffened their necks like the fathers that, that they had, the necks of their fathers, who did not even believe in the Lord their God. And they rejected his statutes and his covenant that he had made with their fathers and his testimonies, which he had testified against them. Why? They followed idols, became idolaters, went after the nations who were all around them concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not do like them. So they left all the commandments of the Lord their God, made for themselves molded images, two calves, made a wooden image and worshipped all the host of heaven and served Baal. So we all have a decision to make. I mean, yes, you go up there and you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you begin the pathway to righteousness, but you cannot serve two gods. You've got to let all the little ones go and only be obedient to the creator God. That's the name of the game. So what Israel did, they passed, they cost their sons and daughters to pass through the fire. I believe that's Moloch that they're worshiping with that and Shemosh and all like that. And they practiced witchcraft and soothsaying. And then they sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord, to provoke him to anger. Therefore, the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them from his sight. There was none left but the tribe of Judah. So God's eye no longer looked at Israel. They, they were no longer sitting in his hand like, like we say, <laughs> because he removed them out of his sight. But let, well, let's talk about Judah. Well, he's looking at Judah thinking that, okay, they'll worship me. But guess what Judah did? Judah did not keep the commandments of the Lord their God, but instead walked in the statues that Israel made. So that meant that Judah became an idolater like Israel. And the Lord rejected all the descendants of Israel, afflicted them and delivered them into the hand of the plunderers until he had cast them all from his sight. 
Wow. Sometimes we wonder about all of the horror that we're going through. I've seen people, uh, I saw something last week where a grandmother, her child was killed, her grandchild was killed, just murdered deliberately. And you say, wow, that's, that's awful. But then again, we're reading the Bible. And once the Lord removes you from his sight, from his provision, his protection, his love, his grace, his mercy, then you are at the hand of a merciless enemy who hates you. Even if you serve him, he hates you. Even if you are as wicked as he is, he still hates you and will destroy you. So our best alternative is to stay in the presence of an almighty, all-living, all-loving God. That That's our best preference. But let's just look at Israel. We're still in 2 Kings, the 17th chapter, and we will now go to the 19th verse. Well, we saw that already, how Judah began to emulate and become an idolater as Israel did. So what happened? Of uh, The 25th verse. And it was so at the beginning of their, their dwelling there that they did not fear the Lord. Okay. So therefore the Lord, not Satan, the Lord, not the devil, not the dragon, but the Lord, the creator God sent lions among them, which killed some of them. So they went and spoke to the king of Isaria, saying, The nations whom you have removed and placed in the cities of Samaria do not know the rituals of the God of the land. Therefore, he has sent lions among them, and indeed, they are killing them because they do not know the rituals of the God of the land. So what had happened is the king brought people from idolatrous uh cities and place them in the city of Samaria, which were where uh, the children of Israel had been living. And uh, so these people began to suffer at the hands of God because they did not worship God, but yet they were in his land, the land that he had given to Israel. So here's what happened. The king of Assyria uh, said, okay, well, send one of the priests whom you brought from, you know, the land of God and let him go and dwell there and let him teach them the rituals of the God of the land. So that's why God will send preachers your way. And I believe over in Romans 10 chapter, it says, well, how can they hear, you know, the word of God? Unless what? A preacher is sent. So that's not a new concept that happened in second Kings, the 17th chapter. So the king of the land sent a preacher and he began to preach and teach them the word of God. Okay. And taught them how they should fear the Lord. Verse 29. However, every nation continued to make gods of their own hands now of their own and put them in the shrines on the high places, which the Samaritans had made every nation and the cities where they dwelt. So they feared the Lord, right? And from every class, they appointed for themselves priests of the high places who sacrificed for them 
in the shrines of the high places. So what that means is they served both gods. And you see that in Catholicism, they're serving, worshiping Mary and, and they make Mary an image. And then they'll say, but we're also worshiping Jesus Christ. Well, guys, I'm just reading the Bible and I'm telling you, if you want to escape to heaven, the real heaven, you're not able to go in with the creator God and another God. You can only have one God, one God, not many. So this has happened before. And this is in Second Kings, the 17th chapter, where they feared the Lord, yet served their own gods according to the rituals of the nations from among whom they were carried away. To this day, they continue practicing the former rituals. Now, I know that for a fact. Why? I went to Israel. And when I went to the northern part, I believe, of Israel, I saw various uh, paganistic religions being practiced very widely. So that's Israel. And that's what it's saying here to this day. In the 34th verse, they continue practicing the former rituals. They do not fear the Lord, nor do they follow their statutes or their ordinances or the law and commandments which the Lord had commanded the children of Jacob, whom he named Israel, with whom the Lord had made a covenant and said, you shall not fear other gods nor bow down to them, nor serve them, nor sacrifice to them. So the Lord told them that. And he even told them, be careful to observe this forever. It wasn't just for a period of time. Verse 37 says, forever. They are to observe not to worship other gods or fear them. Why? And the covenant that I have made with you, you shall not forget, nor shall you fear other gods. But the Lord your God, you shall fear. Only the one that delivered you from the hands of all your enemies, not some. However, they did not obey, but they followed their former rituals. So these nations feared the Lord, yet continued to serve their carved images, and not only did they do it, but their children and their children's children have continued doing this as their fathers did even to this day. I went to the uh, country of Haiti uh, ministering there, and I was shocked because, yes, they're, they're worshiping the creator God, Jesus, and calling on his name and doing every speaking in tongues and all that. But however, they are also serving in the bulk, most of the country there, they're serving the other gods as well to this day. You can be blessed, but idolatry, which is iniquity, which is secret sin, okay, and sometimes open sin, will cause the blessings of the Lord to not operate and be effective in your life, your children's life, your grandchildren, your great-grand, your great-great-grand. How can we have so many people 
go to church every Sunday like they are the greatest worshipers on the planet and yet continue to live in poverty, to live in sicknesses and illnesses and curses and confusion and mental delusion. How have we ever thought that perhaps the iniquity of the fathers are being visited on people for the third and fourth generation? You, it almost feels like it's hopeless if that's the case. But let's go back to the word of God. Second Kings, the 18th chapter. What happened? Now it came to pass that Hezekiah, the son of Azah, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king. And he reigned for 29 years. Okay. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father, David, his great, great grandfather had done. Okay. He removed the high places. He broke the sacred pillars. He cut down the wooden images. He broke in pieces, the bronze serpent that Moses had made. So they were, they were worshiping guys, the bronze serpent from the wilderness. Oh my God. <laughs> For until those days, the children of Israel burned incest to it and called it Nehushtan. So I'm, that's what I'm trying to point out, that God can do a miraculous thing in your life. And instead of you understanding that it is the creator that did this thing, you begin to worship the thing. That's what Israel did so many years after they were in the wilderness. It might be thousands of years after. Anyway, he trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following the Lord, but he kept God's commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. Now look what happened to Hezekiah. Forget about what his fathers did. Look what he did. He consciously made a decision to follow the Lord God Almighty, just like you and I are able to do. And because he did that, the Lord was with him. So he prospered wherever he went and he rebelled against that king of Isaiah and did not bow down to him. He did not sue. He did not, sorry, serve the king of Isaiah. Why? Because he only worshiped and served the creator God. A matter of fact, with God being with him and the power and dominion and authority released unto him by the Lord, he was able to subdue the Philistines. Oh my God, such victory. So you and I, we can be just like Hezekiah. Why? All we have to do is become a believer, then a disciple, and the curse will be reversed and the automatic intended will of God will begin to operate the intended will of the creator God, not just any God. The creator God will begin to be evident in your life. Why? Because prosperity 
of all levels will exist in your life. So Proverbs 28 says, if you hide your sins, you will not succeed. However, if you confess them and reject your sins, then guess what? Mercy will be released unto you. If you repent, like Acts 20, uh, the second chapter, verse 38 says, Peter said to them, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That way, the promise of salvation and redemption will be released unto you and your children and all your descendants, because as many as the Lord our God will call. So what we have to do is decide, what are we? Are we good, bad, evil, what are we? Matthew, the, the 12th chapter, 33rd verse says, either make the tree good, then its fruit will be good or else make the tree bad and the fruit will be bad for a tree is known by its fruit. And if you continue to have mixed fruit producing bad and good at the same time, then you become what Jesus said, a broad of vipers. That means you are not his child. You are child of the serpent. You are serving the evil one. How can you being evil speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasures bring what? Evil things. So you will be judged. We are judged by the substance of our hearts. Eliminate secret sins, idolatry, iniquity, immorality, and be saved, delivered, and our lives will become a replica of a heavenly existence with the Lord. Heaven on earth can be your reality in the midst of darkness, which can even be felt as Israel experienced in Goshen when they were desirous of being set free. You have to desire freedom in order for freedom to be inherited by you. I'm going to pray for us right now. Father God, I lift up Radio Land. I lift up myself. I lift up everyone that can hear me, God. And Father, I ask you to touch our hearts. Let our hearts be not a stone, but let our heart be made soft, God, so that we can receive your word. So even when you speak in parables, God, we can receive the mysteries of the kingdom of God and walk on the earth as your ambassador, empowered by you as you intended when you created Adam, Lord God. And the word of God says that you blessed Adam in his spiritual state. And God, I ask you today to bless your children, bless those that hear this word and let them repent, receive your salvation and be the ambassadors that you've created us to be and cast out evil wherever we are and bring forth prosperity. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray, let it be done and never undone. Father, I thank you for this Monday morning. I love you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I'm thankful and grateful that you allowed us to have one more day. God bless, guys. Bye. Thank you. Anybody want to see your loved ones? Mm, yeah.